All right, Braves fans, let's get rolling. I'm George McNair, and this is State of the Braves. Guys, uh, awesome to be back with you. And what's really awesome is that baseball has started back in full swing in spring training. The Braves are at Northport. Um, everybody's there, and everybody's playing in games. And um, I know it's still technically February. I'm coming to you guys on Leap Day. Uh, February, uh, March is tomorrow, but it feels like spring when I get to watch baseball. Uh, and I was able to watch a game today, so that is just really fun stuff uh, for sure. And I'm sure you guys probably feel the same way out there uh, when uh, when regular season games start. It's just a whole nother level of excitement. But that's uh, that will be here before we know it. And honestly, even though it's very early, the signs are very positive in a lot of ways for the Braves. The, the main thing was spring training. Obviously, you hope everybody gets ready correctly uh, and, you know, prepares well. But uh, the big thing is health. And I think that is the, the, the biggest, I mean, you can't, really, um, you can't really control that much. But I think it's the biggest X factor for the Braves this season. If they stay healthy, we know this team is tremendously talented on paper. And not just on paper. I mean, they've done it in a lot of different ways on the field uh, the last few years. So Anthopolis has done a great job of constructing this team. Um, I think the additions of Chris Sale and Jared Kelnick are going to really show up this year. Um, I think Sale is the more sure thing, but but Kelnick has a really high ceiling. I wouldn't say Sale is a sure thing in terms of health, but in terms of performance, if he's on the mound, right, you know he's going to be good. Um, and Kelnick, yeah, I, I really like this guy. I think he's going to figure it out in Atlanta. Uh, I don't have any proof or evidence of that. It's just a feeling of the kind of uh, situation he's walking into is just as, as good as it could get for a young player. So all that in mind, uh, you know, this episode of State of the Braves is going to be a preview of the Braves infield and what I think is to come this season for each of the Braves infielders. We will include catchers in this episode. Next episode, we will focus on the outfield and DH positions, um, and I'm excited for that group as well, but we're going to focus on the infield in this episode. Before we get there, let's just talk about spring training just for a minute. It has begun, and it really already has reminded us in just a few games how good uh, the Atlanta Braves really are. Michael Harris the second has showed up ready to roll. Uh, if possible, he's in better shape this season than last. Uh, we know that last season was a struggle in the beginning uh, with some nagging injuries that he had to overcome some real struggles at the plate, but his last four months were spectacular. And I'm just hoping that Harris can can get going from the start, full health. And I think the sky's the limit for Harris. Uh, I, I had a lot of uh, high expectations of him last year, you know, possible top 10 MVP kind of guy. I still think um, that could happen this year. And I, I really look for Michael Harris to, you know, have an all-star type of season have a gold glove type of season. You know, we can't guarantee those things will happen. Um, but we know that he is capable. And he's already launched two massive home runs. And I think he's played in three games. Uh, he's showing the power. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he might be in better shape this year uh, than he was even last year. And that's saying something. Because the guy is ripped. He's in shape. Um, Chris Sale made his Braves debut very impressive. Of course, you know, spring training, you, you start – Slow, so he only pitched two innings, but it was two perfect innings, four strikeouts, 95 mile an hour fastball. That slider is electric. It always has been. It still is. 
And it's just a reminder, you know, Braves fans, I, we haven't been able to see Chris Sale as much when he, you know, he's pitched most of his career with the, the White Sox and the Red Sox. And then, of course, he's been on and off injured for the last several years. Uh, so it, you just kind of forget until you see him. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy is elite. Uh, and, you know, we just keep saying it. As long as he's on the mound, uh, he's going to be really, really good for the Braves. Uh, Spencer Strider debuted. Uh, he has pitched in two games now this spring. He debuted a fastball. Or sorry, yeah, we know the fastball. He debuted a curveball uh, that he's added to his fastball slider mix. Uh, I saw it today. It looked good. I mean, you know, it's a new pitch for him, so I'm not expecting it to be elite. But it is a different angle, a different look, um, you know, a different shape to the pitch. And, of course, uh, a little less velocity than his slider. So I do like that he's um, he's including this. I think it, it has uh, a likelihood to be more effective than the changeup that he tinkered with last year. And, man, I look, he, he's still young. We, we have to remind ourselves of that. Uh, he he stormed onto the scene and has been electric from the beginning. Uh, his ERA was a little high last year, had some of those blow-up starts. I look for him to have fewer of those this year and really probably be in the Cy Young um, talk all season long. And then already the other thing that's been on display is the depth of the bullpen. Um, we have a lot of arms, a lot of electric arms coming out of the bullpen for the Braves. It's not certain who's going to break camp with the Braves, but um, there's no shortage of depth. Uh, we, I think, are the envy of baseball in that regard. All right, so guys, let's go ahead and get into uh, what this episode is really about today, and that is the Braves infield. And we're just going to review how good the Braves infield really was uh, the whole um, on the whole last season. 2023 total. So this is as a group, and, and we are including the catchers in this. Um, the Braves infield hit a total of 173 home runs as a group, a batting average of 270, uh, a wins above replacement combination of uh, 23.3. And then, you know, on defense, Murphy, Darno, and Riley, oh, and Arcia all graded out as plus defenders last year. You did have Ozzy and Olsen grade out negatively. They have been positive defenders for most of their careers. So that's a, I don't know if that's an outlier, but it is something interesting that I think they both uh, would like to bounce back with. And um, obviously it could make them even that much more valuable to the team if they can do that. Um, All-stars at every single one of these positions. Five All-stars, you'll recall that if you watch the All-Star game. Um, of course, Arcia was the biggest surprise of this group. But what an awesome thing for the Braves to be able to, uh, to look back on. It's just a huge team accomplishment. Um, remember Ron Washington and kind of his pride of, of what that group was able to do last year. And the other thing about this group is they don't really take days off. Arcia was injured for about 20 or 30 games last year, but everybody else is playing pretty much every day. They're incredibly consistent, and um, you just know what you're going to get with this group. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, go into some team uh, projections for infield so we can kind of see where the Braves are likely to rank um, across Major League Baseball for 2024. So these projections, of course, I use fan graphs 
Uh, there are other systems I could have used out there, but Fangraphs is as good as any. So the Braves as a group, remember, they had 23.3 war last season as a group. Uh, Fangraphs projects them at 19.2 next year. So that is down from last year as projection, but projections typically work that way. They're, all, they're always going to be a little safe on what they uh, project. Um, now, they do have the Dodgers at slightly above the Braves as the highest projection for any infield in baseball at 19.3. And look, this is going to be a theme all season where the Braves and Dodgers are just in a league of their own uh, compared to the rest of Major League Baseball. They're almost always one and two, no matter what category you look at. Um, and when you're this close in a projection, obviously you can argue either way which infield is better. Just as a reminder, the Dodgers infield is made up of Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Gavin Lux at shortstop, Max Muncy at third, and Will Smith at catcher. Now, the um, the thing that maybe jumps off the page a little bit, of course, if you haven't heard, is Mookie Betts. It has been announced that he's moving full-time to second base. So in the past, he would have shown up as a right fielder in projections. Uh, so this, this gives them a bump uh, in terms of that projection number. But again, I obviously that is a very good infield but there is some weakness there you know max muncy hit under 200 last season gavin lux has been injured he's still a young player how good is he going to be uh, he's probably the weakest part of that group uh so i like the braves as a whole i think the braves are a little more balanced uh freddie freeman and mookie Betts are two of the top five best position players in baseball so you can throw those two into that group and it's going to weigh it uh, a little bit more now, in terms of the rest of baseball, uh, the Orioles come in at 18.4 war projection. Um, it's very much a group effort. Um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't pay as much attention to the Orioles last season until near the end of the season. I know that they are incredibly young and incredibly talented. Um, so, I, yes, they are good, but being so young, maybe there's uh, some... Uh, some volatility in that projection. The Rangers come in at 18.2. So I do think the Rangers are probably under under the Braves and Dodgers are the third best um, infield in baseball in my mind. So that's Nathaniel Lowe, uh, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, uh, Josh Young, and Jonah Heim. Uh, and they they performed obviously incredibly well last year, won the World Series. I do think the biggest question mark is can Corey Seager be healthy and that's been his uh, issue uh, pretty much his entire career but when he's on the field he's really really good uh, just for uh, some fun uh, the Phillies come in fairly high in these projections but still uh, almost three full war off of the Braves with Bryce Har Harper Stott Trey Turner Alec Baum and JT Realmuto so obviously very solid the Braves are going to have to um, take on the Phillies at some point this year and hopefully bury him. But um, that is where the Phillies come in. But it's just a reminder how good the Braves infield really is. Now, let's look at each uh, Braves infielder. Uh, with this analysis, we are going to look at what, this, uh, what these infielders did uh, in 2023. I want to look at their Fangraphs projections for 2024. Uh, I'll do a quick overview of what intangibles each player brings to the clubhouse, and then I'll give you my own projections 
for each player. Okay, so we're going to start with Sean Murphy, obviously catcher. Uh, his 2023 performance, uh, he hit 251 with a 365 on base and a 478 slugging percentage. He hit 21 home runs. And per fan graphs, that was good for a 4.2 war season. You know, you'll, you'll remember uh, Murphy was in a lot of MVP talks uh, midway through the season, but he had a very uh, unbalanced offensive season. It's just true, right? He started out on a crazy, pretty much unsustainable hot streak. Um, and, uh, you know, then he really, he really petered out at the, uh, at the second half of the season. Uh, he showed what he's capable of. I mean, he showed at his best he can be an awesome offensive player. Now, he did admit this offseason that he got tired in the Georgia heat, middle of the summer. He kind of wasn't ready for that. Remember, he was coming from Oakland, and that is a totally different uh, climate and environment to play in. Uh, and I'm sure he's the type of guy who's always going to put on the pads and go out there and play and not complain, but um, it must have impacted him in some ways. Uh, he does have a long swing. I wonder if, you know, if you're just a little tired or um, a little banged up, that sort of thing, it could throw off your game just enough, uh, you know, slow down your bat just enough. And I guess that's that's what happened to Murphy. You know, perhaps he acclimates better this season. I would expect that. Perhaps Snit rests him a bit more uh, on the hotter days uh, of the summer and gives Darno a few more at-bats. I actually think that would be better uh, just kind of balancing Darno and Murphy, I think it would help them both a little bit more. You know, Darno also had a down year offensively last year. I'll talk about him in a second. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately Murphy got about a hundred more at bats than Darno. I think Murphy should play more than Darno, but maybe it should be more like 50 more at bats or 70 more at bats. Um, I know that's maybe splitting hairs a little bit, but just a couple extra days here and there for Murphy could go a long way uh, so maybe a bit more balance would help him out um, in 2024 so Fangraph's projections for Murphy uh, is pretty close offensively to what he did last year but maybe a little down so uh, they have him projected at 251 same exact average from last year uh, 345 on base so a little low a little lower uh, 464 slugging percentage 18 home runs so a dip in home runs and a 3.5 war season so that is a little bit less performance uh from murphy now what he did with atlanta even though he had an uneven season last year it was probably his best offensive season overall um but it does feel like he is capable of more than what Fangraphs is projecting i think Fangraphs clearly sees murphy as a slightly above average offensive player uh, who brings great defense. Um, I think they also expect him to get slightly fewer at-bats uh, next season, which I do think is correct. Uh, but yeah, I think he has more potential in the tank offensively than what they are projecting. Now, in terms of what Murphy brings to the clubhouse, obviously he learned the Braves and the Braves learned him last year. Uh, we saw this with Matt Olson in year one of, his, of him being in Atlanta. It's kind of a feel-it-out type of year. I think Murphy is a quiet guy who's just going to be a really hard worker. Uh, you're never going to have to worry about him and work ethic. I mean, he's going to lead the way in that regard. So more of a leader in terms of just um, how he acts and, uh, and what he does uh, to prepare every day. So his work ethic, I think, is definitely a healthy 
example for the team. Now, my expectations for Murphy, I expect Murphy and Snit to, to figure out his playing time a little bit better in year two uh, to keep him fresh. Uh, maybe he has not so many peaks and valleys this season, uh, but I think he actually might bring a slightly better offensive year this year than he did last year. Um, so yeah, I I think he's uh, he's due for um, kind of figure this out a little bit and get a little more consistent uh, performance. So my projection for Murphy is 265, 360 with a 475 slugging percentage and 24 home runs. Uh, now, that being said, I the one thing when, when Murphy was going really well offensively, he had a tremendous eye at the plate. And I think when his bat slowed down, some of that just went away. So I particularly think that Murphy is a high on base guy. That's one of the keys, I think, to his whole game. So yeah, I have his, uh, his on base percentage at 360. Fangrass has it at 345. I do think that's low for Murphy. And yeah, I expect him to uh, continue to hit with power. And even though he might get a few less at bats, I think he's going to hit more home runs in 2024. All right, let's move on to Travis Darno. Uh, like I said, I think it's likely that while they might not get exactly even at bats or even playing time, I do think Darno is going to get a little more time this year than last. And remember, Darno did have some injury that probably threw off this playing time balance a little bit more than the Braves would like would have liked last season. So his 2023 performance was definitely down offensively uh, for his standards last year. He hit 225 with a 288 on base, a 397 slugging percentage, 11 home runs, and that was good for a 0.9 WAR season. Uh, his 2024 projections are. Uh, to hit 248, a 308 on base, and a 427 slugging percentage with 13 home runs and a 1.5 war season. So Fangraph sees 2023 as a slight aberration in terms of being a down year. I think that is true. I think that uh, several things happened to uh, to harm Travis's you know playing time. It was the the least he's played consistently in a long time. On top of having an injury in the middle of the year. Uh, so I also think Fangraphs expects him to get about 50 more at-bats, uh, 50 more plate appearances next season, uh, which I do as well. So, yeah, I think uh, their projection is pretty good. And uh, I th now, that being said, uh, they're viewing Darno's projection or um, Darno's, um, you know, what he's going to do on the field to go up, and they project – uh, Murphy to go down so it's still as a tandem they're still seeing pretty much the same output from these two guys I see an uptick a little bit now let's talk about what Travis brings to the clubhouse he is a clear leader in the clubhouse everybody knows that he's kind of one of the cornerstone pieces at this point for the Braves his presence is highly valued um, in, in fact many see him as maybe a future manager one day uh, and uh, he has shown a great deal of unselfishness when Murphy came in. I mean, he was he just embraced him and really, um, you know, had the foresight to do that and to see that it could even maybe extend Darno's career by having Murphy there. Now, my expectations this season for Travis, um, Travis was one of the few Braves in 2023 to have a down offensive year. 
Again, I think the drop in playing time was the main reason for that and the fact that he missed some time. I expect him to have a better season. Uh, I, I expect that he is probably motivated to bounce back. Um, I do think Fangraphs is pretty close to what he's going to do. Now, Travis is 35 years old, so that's the caveat here. But I think he might even do slightly better than what Fangraphs is saying. So I'm going to project uh, Travis hits 255 with a 315 on base percentage and a 440 slugging percentage with 14 home runs. And that would be a great bounce back season for him. All right, let's move on to first base and, of course, all-star and MVP candidate Matt Olson. So in 2023, we know that this was a historic season in terms of the power that Olson provided for the Braves. He hit 283 with a 389 on base percentage, a 604 slugging percentage, and an incredible 54 home runs. This was good for a 6.7 war season. Uh, almost all of these, in fact, I think all of them were uh, career highs for Olsen. Because they were career highs, Fangraphs is going to project lower. They just simply are because they're going to go off of what Olsen has done throughout his entire career. Uh, so the 2024 projections for Olsen, uh, Fangraphs has him at 264 um, batting average with a 366 uh, on base percentage, a 420, uh, sorry, a 529 slugging percentage, and 40 home runs in a 4.2 war season. I do think that's too low. Uh, Fangraphs doesn't seem to buy Olsen's 2023. Um, it's as if it didn't happen. So, you know, that's the problem with projection models. I think sometimes, uh, is, uh, they have a hard time when a player has a spike like this in performance of knowing what to do with it and the, the reasons for it. And, you know, so projection models are limited. They don't take into account. Maybe a player makes a career altering adjustment at the plate and uh, I think Olsen might have done that uh, last year you know he really seemed to figure out how to let the ball travel I know he um, he adjusted his hand placement some there were several little tweaks that he made that I'm hoping obviously uh, he can just bring directly into 2024 and just um, just go from there uh, now what Olsen brings to the clubhouse steady leadership uh, we have kind of learned that he has a a really good sense of humor. I mean, this guy is a really good dude. Uh, guys definitely uh, respect him a lot. He seems to be universally liked. And uh, yeah, and now he brings a ton of confidence and he has totally removed himself from the whole replacing Freddie Freeman talk. Man, to his credit, that could have gone so much worse if he had, um, you know, he had an okay first season, but if he'd had a down year last season, uh, it would have gotten really hard for him. But he, he flipped that on its head. And now we're not really even talking about Fred anymore. So that is all Matt Olson. It is uh, a huge accomplishment for him to be able to even just do that. Uh, and, you know, recent reports is that he's taking uh, Jared Kelnick under his wing. Uh, they've uh, done some hitting together, and I can't think of a better partner for Kelnick uh, than Matt Olson. So my expectations for Olson this season, I would say, you know, let's put him somewhere in between last year, which was his career year, and his Fangraphs projections. Perhaps 2023 was Olsen's peak year. I've heard a lot of people say that. I understand the idea behind that because it was so just out of this world. Uh, but I still think he figured something out uh, that was concrete and could help him 
continue to reduce his strikeout rate and put the bat on the ball more. And obviously he has so much power that if he's, if he's making consistent contact, a lot of those balls are going to leave the yard, especially in, at Truist Park with, um, with that right field, um, you know, tall, tall wall. So I think he'll hit about 275, uh, 380 on base percentage, 550 slugging percentage. All of these are higher than what Fan, Fangraphs has. It's right about in the middle. Um, and I think he'll hit 46 home runs. So, okay, maybe he won't, um, maybe he will, maybe, maybe he will hit 50 home runs again, but I think 46 is darn good. And if we have all the other Braves in the middle of the lineup doing what we know they can do, uh, 46 home runs from Matt Olson is just fine. All right, let's move on to second base and our beloved Ozzy Albies. So, uh, 2023 rankings for or stats for Albies. Uh, he hit 280 with a 336 on base percentage and a 513 slugging percentage with 33 home runs and a 4.0 war season. This was also a career year for Ozzy, maybe just slightly, but all of those numbers were a little higher than what he's done over his career. So Fangrass projections do reflect that. They think he's going to drop a little bit. Um, so they have him hitting 275 with a 330 on-base percentage and a 483 slugging percentage and hitting 27 home runs. And that would that would be good for a 3.6 war season. So, again, I think Fangrass views Ozzy's 2023 as slightly above his typical year and expects his 2024 to be a slight regression backwards. Uh, obviously, this could happen. I, I totally understand um, the, the projection, but I do think, uh, Ozzy's 2022 where he was not having a good start to his season and then got hurt. I think that's probably weighing down these projections a little bit. Um, now what Ozzy brings to the table, we love Ozzy, right? He brings great positive attitude to the team, youthful exuberance. He's a breath of fresh air every day. He loves baseball. Um, and he has a great influence, a great positive influence on every teammate. And it's just obvious. And I think with, it will be interesting to see if Ozzy steps up maybe even more since Ron Washington is gone. I know he will miss Wash, but, um, yeah, I love, I love having Ozzy on the team and in the clubhouse. Now my expectations for Ozzy is I think he's just coming into his prime years, right? He's only 27 years old. I think he's likely to repeat uh, what he did last season. Uh, and I'm willing to bet that he wants to turn around his negative defensive numbers. I, I, I bet that he's walking into camp really wanting to have a gold glove caliber type of defensive season to turn around those defensive metrics. So that's honestly how Ozzy could go from a four-war player to a five-war player, which I think is possible. Uh, so I'm projecting him to stay about where he was last year, 275 average, 330 on base, 510 slugging percentage. So I'm I'm basically going with the Fangrass projections, but saying he's going to show a little more power than what they project, 32 home runs. And even though for the rest of the guys, I'm not doing war projections because it's hard to project war and uh, calculate war, but I think with a better defensive season, he could improve his war number from last year, like a 4.5 type of war season. I think Ozzy is 
um, certainly capable of doing that. All right, let's move on to shortstop and Orlando Arcia. His 2023 uh, was his best full season. Uh, remember where he was coming from, basically a utility player. He had a couple years that he had to spend back down in AAA. Um, so everything he gave the Braves was a surprise and a pleasant surprise last year. He hit 264 with a 321 on base percentage and a 420 slugging percentage, 17 home runs, and this was good for a 2.0 war season. Remember, two point, or sorry, two war seasons are basically like you're a starter, right? You are starter quality uh, in the big leagues. And so good on Arcia because I was not um, real high on Arcia when the Braves made the decision to go with him last year. Uh, now, the uh, 2024 Fangrass projections has him hitting has a down uh, a downswing for him hitting 251 with a 314 on base percentage and a 406 slugging percentage with 18 home runs and a 1.7 war season so slightly down from last year now what i will say is this obviously would be a step back from 2023 uh, but arcia is a career 247 hitter with a career wrc plus of just 79. So basically he's proven to be a, an above, sorry, a below average hitter throughout his career. And he was an average hitter uh, by every metric last season. So uh, which one do you believe? Do you believe the Arcia before 2023 or do you believe in Arcia of 2023? So Fangraphs obviously still thinks he will be a fringe quality starter. Um, they're not viewing him falling off a cliff, but they're definitely saying he's not going to be quite as good as he was last year. Now, what Arcia brings to the clubhouse, I will say this. Everyone seems to love Orlando Arcia. I think this probably helps him get maybe more opportunities than, um, than some other people, but seems like a really solid guy. Uh, fun, positive, joking. He fits totally in with Ozzy Albies and, and Ronald and that whole crew. So he's a, he's a positive dude in the clubhouse, and that's really important. Now, my expectations of Arcia. I do have doubts that Arcia can repeat his production uh, from last season. Uh, he had this surprise all-star start. Um, his offense after the all-star break just fell off a cliff. So on August 1st, I just want to remind you guys what happened. On August 1st, RC was hitting 295. He was just coming off of his all-star appearance. But from August 1st to the end of the season, he hit just 218 the rest of the way. So the question is, who is he? You know, 218 is much more in line with his career batting. 295 seems like a pretty hot, heavy, um, you know, spike in his performance. Now, I have no doubt that he's working with Kevin Seitzer a lot. I'm sure that there are some adjustments that he's made to improve his approach and all those things. It's just a matter of can he uh, sustain that um, over the next several seasons. I think the Braves are going to continue to ride Orlando Arcia as long as he's providing solid defense um, and not a total offensive black hole. So, you know, even if he does have a down year offensively, I think RC is the starting shortstop for the Braves for the foreseeable future. But I will say this, it would not shock me 
if this ends up being RC's last year as a Brave, or at least as the Braves' full-time starter. I mean, he's getting paid like a backup. So the Braves don't have to feel fully dedicated to him. They can kind of play it year to year. Um, been hearing a lot of really positive things about Nacho Alvarez, uh, the 20-year-old shortstop prospect for the Braves. Um, I do think he needs to continue to, to develop defensively. Uh, so he's probably not major league ready. But if he continues to develop this season and proves that he can play shortstop, um, he is a dark horse for me in terms of just a potential replacement for Arcia in 2024. Um, or maybe, you know, if there were some kind of injury, maybe he steps up there. Uh, so my expectations for Arcia are lower. I think he's probably going to hit around 245 with a 300 uh, on-base percentage and a 400 slugging. These are lower, actually, than the Fangraphs projections. And I have him hitting 13 home runs. So, yeah, I have him kind of falling back to earth. Uh, maybe some of this is due to injury. He has uh, been injured from time to time. Um, or maybe it's just poor performance, and then somebody kind of comes in and replaces him or plays part-time at times. But that's, you know, that's how I see it for Arcia. All right, now at third base, we, of course, have Austin Riley. And uh, his 2023 was really good. He hit 281 with a 345 on-base percentage and a 516 slugging percentage. He had 37 home runs, and this was good for a 5.2 war season. You know, one thing I've been really pleased with this offseason is Riley's really starting to get some national um, credit for being perhaps the best third baseman in baseball. And uh, I think that's legitimate. I think uh, it should be discussed. Uh, he's in, He's been incredibly consistent the last three years, and he's still young and in his prime by a long shot. So um, I expect many good things from Riley uh, in 2024 and in years to come. Now, Fangraphs for next year has him at 278, 349 on base, a 517 slugging percentage, which is all right around what he did last year, and 36 home runs. So all of this is basically right in line with 2023, uh, but they have him for a 4.4 war season compared to a 5.2 war season. The only thing I can uh, figure out with that is they think he's going to have a much worse defensive year. Remember, Riley um, had his first positive offensive season, or sorry, defensive season last year. And so they must, must think his defense is going to fall off the map again and that that was an aberration. But um, Riley came in to this, um, this spring training talking a lot about wanting to win a gold glove, that, that defense was really on his mind and was a focus of his. And it clearly has been for his entire career. He's gotten better and better over there at third base. So um, I, I actually don't see his defense falling off. Maybe it's slightly, you know, by the metrics is worse uh, this coming season, but I think he's going to be just fine. Now, what Riley brings to the table, again, we have another steady, hard worker, good guy. Um, he may in some ways has replaced Freddie Freeman in the clubhouse, just being as a guy who's been there a while and is going to hold guys accountable a little bit more. Um, you know, Freddie kind of got a, a reputation of being a pretty hard-nosed dude who would um, who would confront you about some things. I don't know that Riley's that, um, but I do think he's someone that everybody 
respects in the clubhouse. Uh, he isn't the only leader on the team. I mean, this is really a team full of leaders, but uh, his steady presence, I think, is a really big part of maintaining these high expectations on players. Now, my expectations, like I said, I think Fangraphs, well, here's one thing. Fangraphs has, for the last three seasons, really undervalued and underprojected Austin Riley. And I think it's just going to happen again. Maybe it's due to his early career struggles, and that just still weighs him down in terms of projections. Um, but he's also, like I said, I mean, I think he's dedicated to uh, continuing to improve his defense. And so if he does that, it really keeps his, um, his floor pretty high in terms of what his war is going to be year to year. Anyone who watches Austin Riley knows that he is an MVP type of offensive player um, that just goes through some valleys throughout the year. So he's not super consistent within the year, but year to year, he's been really consistent. So if he can um, limit those, those offensive valleys, uh, he could have an MVP year. I mean, I think it, it is within his abilities to do that. Um, and I think he will start to do that this year as he is now um, really maturing into um, a great, great player. So my projection for Riley is 290 uh, batting average with a 350 on base and a 530 slugging percentage. This would be a slightly better offensive year than he had last year. I think he's going to eclipse the 40 home run mark for the first time. I have him with 41 home runs. And I think he's going to continue to play the, the level of defense he played last year, positive defensive value. So with all that, that would be Austin Riley's best season to date. All right, now let's look at um, the group projection as we are comparing what I think will happen to what did happen in 2023 with this group. So I have, as a whole, their batting average going down slightly. Some of this is due to Arcia dropping off. Um, and then I also had Olsen and Riley dropping off batting average-wise just a little bit. Uh, I do have Murphy, uh, Travis Darno, and Riley going up a little bit in their batting average. But as a whole, I do have their group batting average going down. I have their home run total pretty much staying the same. Uh, Olsen and Riley dropping slightly. Um, Olsen dropping a little, you know, by eight, but he hit so many last year. Uh, Arcia dropping by quite a few. And then I still have Murphy, Murphy, Travis, and Riley going up. So, so as a whole, right, I do have Murphy, Darno, and Riley improving offensively. The other three maybe dropping slightly. All that being said, I still think as a group, this is the best infield in baseball. So, worst case scenario for the Braves infield, how things could go bad. You know, bad is relative with this remarkable remarkable group. I could see a scenario where maybe Ozzy's batting average really takes a dive. And um, and like I've already said, I do think that's already likely to happen with Arcia. Uh, Travis Darno's age could maybe catch up with him, and he's just kind of cooked, and we don't see another really good offensive year from Darno. Uh, but I still think the other guys are just solid across the board no matter what. Um, I still expect uh, potential top 10 performances from Olsen and Riley and maybe even Murphy. I think he has that potential. How things could go really great 
for this group. Um, maybe last year's um, performance for Olsen wasn't his peak. Maybe he's just starting to realize what he can really do. Um, maybe he can repeat repeat that and Riley takes an ev even bigger step towards uh, superstardom. Uh, maybe we haven't seen the best of Austin Riley yet. And Ozzy probably does have a five or six war season in him at least once. So maybe this, this year is when he takes that step and really, really does it. I mean, I think it could happen. He didn't have quite as great of a right-handed season last year, even though we know that his, that is his better side. So if, um, if he continues to what, to do what he did last year from the left side, which was improvement and he does something great from the right side. Yeah. Ozzy with some better defense could have a tremendous year. Um, I think it is certainly possible. So my conclusion, look, all five position players for the Braves last year in the infield made the all-star team. While that is not likely to happen this year, I don't think RC is ever going to make the all-star team again, but I think a minimum of Olsen, Riley, and Ozzy will make it again this year. And I think Murphy certainly um, has a good chance to do that as well. Um, an another thing I would like to just mention, I think Nacho Alvarez is a wild card this season. If an injury were to occur really at any infield position, um, I think Nacho, at least by mid-year, could be the primary go-to guy uh, for the Braves. Now, if Olsen were to go down, I would think that maybe Riley could slide to first and Nacho could go to third base. Um, I'm, I'm assuming some things, but from everything I hear, uh, Nacho Alvarez has a great bat, a really good glove. Um, you know, there's question marks about his uh, ability to play shortstop and especially, you know, does he have, um, you know, the quickness to play shortstop, but he's pretty much major league ready at third base or even second base right now. So uh, I know there's a couple other backup guys who are, who are available, but I really think, um, you know, if something were to happen injury wise, Nacho could be a really important part of this Braves team. Uh, look, I'm, I mentioned it already. The Dodgers and Braves, they're going to fight it out this entire season in a lot of different ways, including who has the best infield. Uh, but I think the Braves' defense, if they improve that, if Olsen and Ozzy improve their defense, if Riley proves that last year wasn't a fluke defensively, um, that could be how they really separate themselves uh, from the Dodgers. All right, guys. So on the next episode, uh, as we analyze the Braves' outfield, we'll see that there really is no drop-off for the Braves uh, outside of the infield. The infield is great. The outfield is great, too. Uh, and dang, this this team is really good. So really excited for this season. Excited to see this infield uh, prove that they are the best in baseball. And uh, guys, I'll be back soon to talk about this outfield and Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Harris and, uh, and Jared Kelnick. And we'll talk about um, Marcelo Zuna, too, at the DH position. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, and uh, I'll talk to you soon.